Good morning and welcome to our sermon. Today's focus is our new start, intentionally connecting. I'd like you to think about what are you intentional about in your life? What do you intentionally do in your life? Many of us have routines that we just seem to go through every day, but there are certain things that when we're intentional about, life changes. Some years ago, I was very intentional about looking at my finances and just adjusting the way I approached the finances, and it reduced the amount of stress it had to come when bills came in. Well, today's reading encourages us to be intentional in connecting with people for a very important purpose. And so we're going to explore what it means to intentionally connect with people, not so we just develop a relationship with them, but they get an opportunity to develop a relationship with Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit to pour down on us with your love and your grace and your mercy. Open our hearts and minds to hear from you, to be comforted by you, to be challenged by you, to be redirected by you. Lord, as we live our lives, help us to see that you have placed us on this earth to be your disciples, to be carriers of your grace and love wherever we go. And Lord, give us courage to be your disciples, especially in the world we live in. We thank you for this opportunity, but we also pray that through us, many more may know you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. The first sentence of today's reading says this from Jesus. Jesus says to you and to me, Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Quite a a striking passage for us to think about. And also an encouraging passage for us to think about. And to understand this passage, the passage of these three verses that we're focused on today, there's some background that will set the scene for us and to help us Understand that we need to remember this is this this passage these passages today are at the end of what I like to call Jesus's preparation talk to his disciples. He's giving them a prep talk before they go out and live in the world and be ready to be his disciples. And have a listen to what he says to them. In short, first of all, in verses one to five, he says, "I've given you authority. I've given you authority, particularly." over the evil things, and I want you to go out. Then he says in verses 5 to 15, go out and proclaim the good news, that the kingdom of God is near, that they don't have to wait for it, they don't have to be too concerned about it, but through you people will get to know that the kingdom of God is near. But then he changes his tact a little bit, and he says to them, look, as you go out proclaiming this good news, you do have authority over the evil things. But it's not going to be easy. You will face attack. You will face persecution. You will face opposition. But he reminds them not to fear earthly attacks and be concerned about the love and the grace God has for them, but also the power that God has. He assures them then of God's love despite all these issues going around. In other words, it's a reminder to us that when negative stuff is happening in our life, it's not necessarily 
because God doesn't like us. In fact, it's not because God doesn't like us, but it's because people are opposed to God often. But then Jesus makes a commitment to them. He said, I'm going to vouch for you and anyone else who follows me, that's Jesus, to my Father, to the one who sent me. He's going to be there and he's going to represent you and vouch for you and say, this is somebody I died for. These are people who we we need to have in heaven. And then he says, part of his message will not bring short-term peace. In fact, he says it won't bring peace, but he's really talking, it's not going to bring worldly peace. And often that's what we look like. If I think of some people who have left the Christian faith or been disillusioned with God, it's because their focus has been limited to just peace on this earth. Now, he's not saying here we're to create chaos, but he is saying don't expect that if you follow my message that you necessarily were going to have a short-term peace. In fact, his message could be divisive particularly to those who are focused on themselves and focused on what they can achieve. Now that's the background to today's reading. And today's reading is really the the last few words where Jesus is saying just some things to remember as you go out. Listen to it again from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 to 42. Jesus says, Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. I'm not quite sure what you think of that. Do you see that text as a burden or do you see that text as a blessing? For me, I see that text as a blessing because it's a reminder that it's not about me, but God simply wanting to work through me. And I encourage you to see that the same way. And so as we think about what it means to be intentionally connecting, It's important to recognise that, that first of all, that this text is a blessing. It's a blessing that God is going to work through me wherever I go. Sometimes it's going to be in surprising ways, and sometimes it's going to be in ways I thought he would. And he doesn't just work through me, he also works through you wherever you go. Being intentionally connecting is about, first of all, being in a position to be welcomed. And that means we need to be people who go, people who live a life of going into the lives of others, to be people who are prepared to be pleasant with others, be in other people's sphere or wherever they're living or where they're working. And that could mean take some time. It could be just about, first of all, developing relationships. If you look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 6, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, and Acts chapter 1, verse 8, there's this very clear message for the followers of Jesus, me and you, not just those early followers, 
and not just pastors, but all followers of Jesus, to be people who go, to be people who interact with society, to be people who are out there and place ourselves physically in a position to be welcomed. So think about where are you already going now? Because I believe where we're already going now is where God wants us to go. But also think about where may you be prompted to go? Who may you be being prompted to connect with? And to be a person who goes. Now, if you're more introverted, you may find this a bit more challenging or difficult. But please don't see it as something you've just got to uh, be all anxious about. Think about where do you go now and where you're being prompted to go. A few weeks ago, I spoke to a person who's been involved in church planting. And you would think a church planter has to meet lots of people when they do. And this church planter said, he said, by nature, he's introverted. But he meets people in a way that's comfortable for them. And he said, many of the people he meets are also introverted. They don't need somebody who's full of themselves or completely confident, but they, he just gets alongside them and he meets people one-on-one. So keep that in mind. What does it mean for you to go into the world, to be part living in this world but not of the world, as the scriptures also talk about, but to be somebody who goes with that intention of sharing Jesus? And also, where are you being prompted to go? I'd encourage you, if you're being prompted to go, pray about it and pray for God to open the the doors and the opportunities for you to go to those places. Now, at the moment, if it happens to be you want to go overseas, it's going to be a bit difficult, isn't it? But continue to pray about it. Continue to pray that God will open the doors for you. And maybe there's somebody on your mind that's been on your mind for a while that God's been prompting for you to ring or to, to go and visit. Can I encourage you to follow up that prompting? But our lives as disciples of Jesus are not just about going. Our lives as followers of Jesus is that when we go, we need to be in a position to be welcomed. To be people who go to be welcomed by others. We go with an attitude to be welcomed. And we look for the opportunities to be welcomed. And that too may take some time. It's about developing relationships. If you look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 14, chapter 40 from today's reading, and Luke chapter 9, verse 5, the disciples were all encouraged to go and be welcomed. And when they weren't welcomed, they were just encouraged to go elsewhere to look to be welcomed. So part of our lives as disciples, to think about that, is to think that we go places and we look to be welcomed, welcomed into people's lives. And that can mean look for the opportunities to have a conversation with somebody where people may open up with us, where we can share some of ourselves with others, where we have time for others and we listen to others and and their story and ask them how they're going, what's happening in their lives. Show interest into people. So think about how do you put yourself into a position to be welcomed? Now, for me, it's uh, about allowing more time. So occasionally when I go shopping, if I only got 10 minutes, it's probably not a good opportunity for me to be in a position to be welcomed. 
But when I go shopping, I'm not just going shopping. I'm also looking, can I make connections with people? Occasionally I go around to a kebab shop just around the corner and when we go to that kebab shop to get our tea, I look for an opportunity to have a discussion. Sometimes the, the owner of the kebab shop is not open to a discussion because he's so busy. Other times he loves having a discussion. So think about your circumstances. When you go places, how do you put yourself in a position to be welcomed? In other words, to engage with somebody in a conversation, to get to know them better, so that you, that relationship between you and them can develop. And that's, thinking about that's being intentionally connecting with them. And that leads to us to the next point. Intentionally connecting is about being welcomed so others get to not just meet you, they get to meet the Jesus you know. I think one of the blessings for each of us is that we've got this wonderful gift, the gift of God's love that God has given us, the gift of a surety that we're going to be in heaven because Jesus died on the cross and rose from us, this gift of eternal life that we carry around with us. And yet, many ha- don't know that. And yet they can know it through us. And this idea of be- being us being welcomed into the lives of others so they can meet Jesus is something that Jesus highlights in a number of places in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 40, we hear this. The king will reply, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. And that's the story of the separation of the sheep and goats, where Jesus is like a secret agent. But really, he's not a secret agent. He's simply working through the lives of Christians. So I like to reflect on whenever this comes up about people being welcomed so they get to meet Jesus that we know, is to think, first of all, who has helped me meet Jesus? Who have been the people that have developed a relationship with me? And what could I learn from them? How did they help me meet Jesus through their lives? Not just through what they've said, but also the way they've gone about lives. When I was reconnecting to the church, I happened to be part of a church community. I, I went and joined a church community where there would have been at least four or five people I now remember who I thought, they are really representing Jesus. They are showing God's grace and love and mercy and God's guidance to me. But what about for you? Who has helped you meet Jesus? Thank God for them. But also think about what can you learn from them in the way that they introduced you to Jesus. And then think about this. What is involved in helping the people you meet Meet the Jesus you know. What do you think is involved? Now, this is a very contextual question because it's going to depend on each person. You know, I've been in Sydney now four years and there's a number of people I've been spending time and I've been welcomed into their lives. And they've got to know I'm a pastor and occasionally they ask questions of, I've got a question for you about faith or I've got a question for you about religion. I've got a question. They start to ask the questions. And that's the advantage of having developed a relationship. I never started the relationship with, 
like saying, I'm a pastor of the church and I want to tell you everything about Jesus. However, I did very early in that relationship tell them after we got to know each other that I'm a pastor. One of those people is a, is a bloke just down the, the road who's in a coffee shop. And I love to have a chat with him about life and occasionally it leads to faith questions. So think about that for you. What is involved in helping the people you meet meet the Jesus you know? How might you start talking to them? Another way that I've heard from some people is that when people in their lives get in crisis, they simply offer to pray for them. And that opens up a door of discussion of faith, not all the time, but occasionally. But being intentional to connect with people in this way is important because that's what we're called to do, is to be not only people who are welcomed into the lives of others, but welcome into the lives of others so they can meet Jesus through us. Have this image in mind. Wherever you go, you are carrying Jesus with you. Jesus is going with you no matter where you go. And sometimes there's an opportunity to introduce him to others, to help others know who he truly is. Now, we live in a world that occasionally makes it easier through the discussions because a common understanding of life is that we're going to get out of life how much we put into it, how hard we work, whatever we do. And people often translate that across to religion, that they'll say things like, I hope I've done enough to please God, or I'm, I'm a good person and I do enough to please I should, God should love me because I do enough. For me, that's an opening to say, well, God likes the good things you do, but that's not what's going to get you to heaven. It's not what makes it possible for you to have a relationship with God. Instead, the story of Christianity is about God coming into this world because we couldn't do enough to have that relationship in place. And he came into this world, as John three sixteen and 17 say, not to condemn us, but to save us. The reason Christians are so focused on the cross and the death and resurrection of Jesus is that is what creates and gives them eternal life. And that's one way of helping people get to meet Jesus, get to meet how much God loves them. And I encourage you to... Think about how, who are the people in your life at the moment and how you can introduce them to meet the Jesus that is full of grace, full of love, full of mercy. They may have met the God who's condemning. They may have met the God who puts some people aside. But that's not the God that we meet through Jesus. And so... Intentionally connecting with people, and this is why this passage today is a blessing, is because it's not about what we give, but about what Jesus gives through us. It's not about what we give, but about what Jesus gives to us. Listen again to verse 40. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Or put it another way, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, 
we hear, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Our relationships with other people that we're called to have, our connections with other people, are not meant to be a burden for us to share Jesus. They're meant to be an opportunity, a gift for us. Because what we give to them is not something out of our own resources. It comes from Jesus himself. So consider what is Jesus wanting to give the people you meet. What are the things that you have received from Jesus? What are the gifts, the blessings that you have received from Jesus that you believe others, the other people in your life, Jesus is going to give also through you? And that's the disciples, original disciples' call was to go and share that message that God has something for them that they have already received that grace and mercy. It also is a great reminder and good news for me, but it means that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to put on a mask. I don't have to have everything in place to be a good disciple. In fact, God works through my broken flaws, my, my imperfections, because it's not about what I give, but about what Jesus gives through me. And likewise, it's not about what you give, but about what Jesus gives through you. So take some time to consider, what is Jesus wanting to give the people you meet? Now, I just want to digress a little bit because this question often comes up in regards to this test. Is what is the reward that Jesus is talking about? Three times in the text it talks about a reward. It talks about a prophet's reward. It talks about a righteous person's reward. And then it says that those who give a cup of water will not lose their reward. When it talks about a reward here, it doesn't specifically say what that reward is in this passage. But remember this, all three rewards come from Jesus. Whatever you do, work it out with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And that inheritance, as we understand that, is the reward of eternal life. So imagine this. Imagine when you get to heaven, you get there and somebody comes up to you and says, thank you for telling me about Jesus, for introducing me to Jesus. That sounds like a reward, doesn't it? But the real reward is the eternal life that they have received and the eternal life you have received because of Jesus. And so our new start, intentionally connecting, is about giving others a reward from Jesus. And so what does that mean for us as we live our disciples' life? What does it mean for us as we live our life as disciples now? Well, the first thing our text is encouraging us to do is live so we are welcomed. Now, for me, living so I'm welcomed is both a stance, you know, where I position myself, but also an attitude. Am I rushing so I'm too busy for others, or am I available? Being welcomed, helpful 
discipleship life is being available. There was an old song that was based on one of the gospel readings um, that went something like, I'm too busy, I cannot come to the banquet, don't bother me now, I have married a wife, I've bought me a cow. And that's about somebody who's not in a position to be welcomed. They're too busy for others. So for me, it's about creating space so I am available to others. But also having the attitude that I want to be welcomed by others. Yes, as a disciple of Jesus, as somebody who represents the church, there are going to be times when I'm rejected. But I can tell you what surprises me, even in the area where we live, many people want to have a faith discussion. The second thing is, being intentional in connecting means that our relationships we develop are not just for ourselves, they are so Jesus can give his grace and love to others through us. So think about all your relationships that you have and think about what it might mean that people can receive Jesus' grace and love through you. And lastly, look for how you can bless others with Jesus' love and grace. So think about those relationships and think about Are there opportunities to bless others with Jesus' love and grace? To encourage others that they don't have to be perfect, that they don't have to have life altogether to be loved by God, to be worthy, to be valuable as we spoke about last week. But they are valuable because God has prepared to die for them, God created them and God wants them in heaven. And so what opportunities exist? Pray about that. Pray God opens your eyes to those that you're able to have a discussion. When somebody's talking negative about themselves, encourage them to to be reminded that they are loved by God. Because our call in life is to intentionally connect with others, to help others know God's love and grace. And so as we go about lives as disciples, to live a way that life is not about us, but about God working through us. Because that's a far better message for people to receive. The message from Jesus that he loves them just like he loves us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for who you are, for the grace that you have given us. Lord, as we live our lives, help us. Help us to reflect your grace, but to Bring your grace and mercy and love and the the message that there is a future for people who trust in you into the lives of other people. Lord, help us to intentionally connect with others so people get to know you. Lord, we thank you that you want to connect with every person in the world. And we thank you that you use people just like us, imperfect people, but people who are loved by you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.